disruption zone. Opportunity lives where the status quo dies. Talking to the greatest innovators, disruptors, and off-the-wall inventors, we can scrounge up. You laugh, you'll learn, you'll be inspired. Now, here are your hosts, Leland Conway and Cameron Mills. I am super excited about our next guest on the Disruption Zone. This one's a fun one. I uh, obviously come at the world from a spiritual worldview, a Christian worldview. I don't necessarily believe ghosts are what we think they are, but I'm fascinated by people who dive into that topic, and I'm fascinated with the topic, just like I am with UFOs. I, I'm, a, I'm a logical skeptic that just finds these topics fascinating. So I think you'll enjoy this conversation with Nick Groff. He's one of the creators of Ghost Adventures. The show's still on. It's been on for 20 years. He was one of the executive producers for 10 years and was part of the show, now does his own thing. Um, he created a show called Paranormal Lockdown that ran for four seasons, and now he's coming out with a new show, and he's going to tell us all about that. But this is a fun conversation, and toward the end, make sure you hang in there because toward the end of the conversation, we get into a mind-melting discussion about what ghosts might actually be. This is going to blow your mind on the Disruption Zone. But before we get to that, let me just tell you about our sponsor for the program, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. I really want you guys to check these guys out if you're thinking about remodeling your home. Maybe because all the crazy stuff that's going on, you're thinking about staying at, uh, in your current house for a while, but just making it your dream home by fixing up that kitchen, right? Well, you can do that. Uh, maybe you're a do-it-yourselfer. You can do that too because they have very affordable, high-quality cabinets in stock. But if you want a turnkey kitchen remodel to make it your dream kitchen, they can do that. Um, you know, I honestly, we had them do our kitchen several years before we moved away from uh, Kentucky to Colorado, and we enjoyed that kitchen like crazy. And everybody that came in was like, this is so beautiful. And I was always like, Louisville cabinets and countertops. <laughs> um, but... Then when we sold the house, it sold in a day. And I'm pretty sure that it's the look that that kitchen gave the house that made people fall in love with it so fast. We had multiple people ready to make offers on the house and it sold in one day. And I think it's because of how well the house showed and the kitchen makes the whole show, right? So give them a call. Uh, George, Kelly, and Michelle are their designers. Um, and so you'll you'll love talking to those guys. So if, 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 like I said, if you're a contractor and you need cabinets or whatever, they got it for you. It's in stock. But if you're looking to just say, hey, little design consulting, and then maybe you make the purchase from there, whatever countertop surfaces you want, then give them a call and talk to Michelle, George, or Kelly. It's 6200 Hit Lane, right there on the border of Odom and... Um, uh, uh, Odom County and Louisville. So if you're in Southern Indiana, Louisville, or um, Odom County, these are your guys, right? The phone number is 502-930-3304. And remember, I don't talk about businesses on this podcast that I don't believe in. And I 100% believe in Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. It's LouisvilleCabinetsandCountertops.com. All right, here you go. Cool. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, so you're you're in Boston, is that right? Yeah, outside of Boston. Uh, I'm actually in New Hampshire, so right over the border near Lowell. Oh, okay. Massachusetts. Yeah. Awesome. Is that where you were born, or where, where are you from? Originally? No, no. I So I was born in uh, San Jose, California, born, and then I moved when I was one. Uh, my parents drove across the country to New England. Uh, my dad is from uh, like this area, New Jersey area, and stuff like that, and New, New Hampshire. 
and then my mom is from um like the san jose area um california yeah you ever want to go back out west I did, but not right now. Yeah, it's <laughs> on fire. California. Yeah. I love Colorado. Well, my buddy, yeah. my buddy's merch, merch and Gary, uh, Ouija board expert there in Colorado. He's my one of my good friends, and I was just there a little bit ago. Yeah, I saw it's him. It's great here. We've had some big fires. Um, one actually just started up in Boulder like yesterday, and they had like sixty mile an hour winds, and it just took off. But um, down where we're at in Colorado Springs, it's pretty pretty nice right now we, we haven't had the fire issue it was for about like a month every day it was really smoky like you couldn't even see the mountains on some days and i got out i got up one morning it was like the worst morning there was actually um i pulled my car in after going to the gym i just left it in the driveway and when i came back out there was ash falling on it, it oh my like, gosh holy crap it's yeah crazy. so that um, is crazy. Yeah. I know. So Nick Groff joining us now um, on the Disruption Zone. You know him if you're a fan of the show Ghost Adventures. He was the executive producer and was on that show, I think, until 2014 before you started uh, a new venture. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Helped create it. Uh, was part of it. Season 1 through 10. Made the documentary. Uh, pretty much blood, sweat, and tears went into it. It was like my first baby. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, and now you've got some exciting projects too. Uh, Paranormal Lockdown is that going to be? Will there be a season this year? Or I know you're also working on something new. So tell us about that. Yeah, no, Paranormal Lockdown was epic. I mean, it was one of the coolest things I probably did. Like it was 70, the most challenging. How many episodes? Like thirty something episodes and ten. Yeah, special? there was a lot. Wow. Yeah, there was uh, four seasons. We did one whole season in the United Kingdom. Um, you know what was challenging about that that show, just in general, was. I'm a very logical thinker. So it's like going into locations. I'm like, all right, how am I going to put myself in a vulnerable situation? Really see what these unexplainable things are. And these, you know, people talking about eyewitness accounts and reported paranormal activity. So I'm like, I need to be there to see it, feel it kind of go through the motions to really kind of, you know, bring it to like what I perceive things. So I, I lived at the locations for three days straight. I didn't leave. I just slept there, ate there. And then I'm, I'm not even joking. Like, Forget the paranormal for a second. Just living at decrepit locations is the worst. It's like a horrible camping trip. Right. So, right. yeah, I did that for um, about four or five years. And then um, it was interesting. It was doing extremely big. It actually is doing really extreme, um, big right now in the United Kingdom. And um, it, it's just one of those things, you know, politics, man. Like politics get positioning and you know right, somebody right. like somebody over somebody else it's ridiculous it had nothing to do with anything but kind of that so right. i decided i was just kind of sick of like the corporate world and all that stuff and you know I, like 10 executives saying you should do it this way you should and i'm <laughs> out there doing it right, <laughs> and they're sitting right. in their cubicles whatever i'm like okay yeah so i i just decided um you know i wanted to go off journey into like the unknown and just really just dive a little bit deeper. I think, I think there's uh, people get stuck in the box and the conceptual idea of, you know, this is it, this right. is what it has to be. And really cookie cutter. Right. So I'm, I'm just a deep thinker and I'm always like thinking outside the box and like, how can we evolve as human beings and just ripple affect this universe and just, you know, not just a positive, but like discovering new things, you know? Right. So it does feel like I did. It feels like, uh, and I come at this from a Christian worldview. Um, yeah. And, so I obviously believe in the spirit world, the afterlife, that kind of thing. Um, and lately, I don't know, man, but lately it just feels like there's 
there's something knocking on the door of reality. I don't know how to explain that. Like, I don't really know how to word that. You know, from my worldview, I would say that there's there's things afoot right now that I think are maybe spiritually based or, you know, there's another reality that I don't think we tap into until, you know, we've sort of crossed over. You know what I mean? And, right. And I it just... I don't know where I'm really going with that. It just it feels like that kind of thing is very heightened right now. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how else to explain that. You know, no, I, I feel it. I just think we're living in a weird world right now, and I think people yeah. are are tense. Yeah, and I I just think just I don't know. It's just one of those things where I try to wake up every day and you know put my shoe on just like everybody else, each foot. Right. But it's like I try to remain positive, even though people try to there's just so much negative in the world I, I i feel like you have to push forward as a human being if we're going to evolve if we're going to do great things you have to put yourself into the perspective of what it is you want to do so every moment that i'm breathing and living in this world i'm just trying to do something that's that's going to evolve us into a better you know right so i think i i agree with you there's something weird happening where spiritually i think we're all kind of looking at stuff differently now mm -hmm. you know um e even if you break down categories right we us humans like to define things so to the to the par like right. that's a cryptid that's a ufo that's a whatever mm -hmm. you want to define it as i think everything kind of orchestrates together as a whole just like us people you know but we have the most powerful things in the world we have these brains in our in our heads it's the most powerful thing and i think sometimes we um fall down that rabbit hole but i think it's okay to do that mm -hmm. but some people i think today are just like losing their minds like it's just so tense because of everything that's going on and then people start diving into um, different religions and backgrounds i mean i'm friends with everybody across the board and right. i think that that's kind of how i like to be as a spiritual person i'm just on this journey right. through life yeah and i'm just i'm looking and searching and i don't need to prove i don't need to disprove i just want to experience life at its fullest you know and that's kind of where i'm at fascinating let's dive back into your background and why you decided to create a paranormal show in the first place um you had a near-death experience as a child is that right yeah at age eight i was waiting for my sister to get out of swimming my sis my mom was reading her book on a bench and i I was a hyperactive kid and I yeah. kind of, <laughs> I saw a tree and I needed to climb it. So <laughs> I went up this tree. I think and you and I would have been friends broke. when we were eight. I think that would have been true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like you try everything until you get hurt. You're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I climbed a tree and then it broke. And then um, I fell onto a cyclone fence and ripped open my left arm oh. right down to the bone, wow. half inch off my artery. And I was bleeding out. And, I just remember your body goes in a shock, so I didn't feel anything. Right. But I remember getting off the ground and then um, just seeing my mom and saying, Mom, I love you. And then I collapsed on the ground. And what was strange is I remember thinking back on it now, still to this day, I just remember blacking out and then seeing all these faces huddled around me looking down at me. It was just like all these faces just kind of jam packed together and just staring down at me. What's strange is years later, you know, my mom saved my life pretty much to sum it up. She ran over and like mom, you know, power mom goes into right. into motion. She like rips off her shirt, ties up my arm to the bone and like carries me in. And I guess they got an ambulance. But she claims that there was only like two two people. Like she ran in and there was some other lady. There wasn't a crowd of people and stuff. Right. 
So it was strange looking back on it. I mean, I don't know, you know, like the brain goes into so many different motions, but was that a crossing over? Was that like, you know, some near death, the doctor said pretty much it's going to die. And they um, were able to repair my arm and save, you know, that, and I didn't bleed out and whatever. Yeah. But these are the things I think about. It's like stuff like this does it put us on our path, the quest, you know, but at an early age, that's kind of what happened to me. And I don't know if that, was what jump started at all but all i know is some weird things start happening afterwards that i look back at you know because as kids we think all right imaginations or this or that but i don't know maybe there's more to it you know so there's, well there's so many descriptions similar to what you say when people have these near-death experiences and they're not explainable like like i was reading one story the other day where there was this woman who um she said that she was she had a near death experience in the hospital and she apparently went out the window and out on the ledge of this side of this building you know multiple stories up a hospital and she said you know she saw a shoe just on the ledge of the building so she yeah. comes back they save her she comes back and she starts telling them there's a shoe out there on the ledge and they're like there's no way you could have seen or you know there's no you know and so so they went and checked and there was no way she could have seen it, but there it sat. So exactly. she had seen the shoe from outside the building while she was on the bed that they were operating on her on. You know, it was like, yeah. so she left her body. You know what I mean? And and the doctors, everybody involved is like, dude, that shoe is out there. We have no idea how it got out there. It's kind of weird that it's out there. We have no idea how it got out there, but it is out there. And there's no way she could have seen it from this bed she was laying in when we were operating on her. I mean, that, right. you know, so... Things like that where your mom says there was only two people and you saw what eight or whatever, however many it yeah. was. You know, it's like that there's there I I hear stories about that from people. There's one story from a guy who ultimately became a pastor. He was an atheist prior to this situation and he he literally died on the operating table. And he literally he described the situation where he goes he went down this hallway and he realized after a little while he was actually in hell. And mm -hmm. he was given a choice at that point. And the the entities in hell were trying to keep him and convince him and talk him into staying. And then there was like on the other end of the hallway was this light and these people that were like, no, 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 come with us. And there was literally a choice. And he described everything he saw um, and then comes back, you know, it's, and, and he ended up he went on to be a pastor. <laughs> he was like, I saw yeah. something. There was definitely another world there, you know. See, that's what it's all about, though. It's the power of belief, and it's also the, the mind over body in the sense of everybody has different beliefs. Everybody's individually, like, just different. You know, we're, we're all born into this world. And if you strip everything away, all this materialistic stuff that we see in this two-dimensional world, there's, there's stuff far greater, I believe, than just this. Right. You know, we're energy. We're, we're electricity. We we have conscious thoughts that we produce in our brain throughout our life and this information that we fill it with. So when we die in these bodies, because that's a real thing, no matter what what anyone's belief are, we're all going to die. Right. But the energy, energy can't be destroyed. Like when we're moving the kinetic energy and so on, it's like, I think there's something greater out there. I believe there is, and I want to believe there is. And I think that's just the quest. We're all fascinated by the subject matter. Mm -hmm. But we also have to be well balanced too, you know, because right. obviously not everything is paranormal and a ghost. I think that we get so caught up in, you know, movies and this and that that we want to just jump. Right. <laughs> but I right. think 
I think there's something just so interesting in this world that we're walking through and we all we all have experiences but that's really what life is about right there what you just said about his story it's about the experience because it can change you forever and maybe for a better better reason you know well okay and i'm so, all about that so that the word paranormal is interesting to me I yeah mean, if you want to get deep let's talk about it for a second so i grew up in a culture that was different than my own my parents are missionaries on mm-hmm. the american indian field there is so much about native american daily life that so many people who don't um, know that situation have no clue. And our politics try to dive into it. Our TV shows try to dive into it. We have years and years of stereotypes that have formulated people's opinions about it, right? Right. So in a sense, what we think, you know, and then and then you live in it and you and you meet the people and they're wonderful and they become your best friends for life and you 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 steep in the culture and you understand the culture. So from the outside looking in, it's like that's a totally different culture. That's not normal for the way I live my life. Then you then you coincide with that culture and you go, this is – you know what I'm saying? So like paranormal yeah. is essentially just what we don't know is normal, right? Right. It's, it's, right. If I've never been to the state of Montana, pictures of the state of Montana are paranormal to me because I've never been there and I've never experienced it. Once I'm there, it's no longer paranormal. So like this whole thing like in the spiritual world, if we believe there's a spiritual world existing alongside us that maybe we can only once in a while sort of pierce that veil, it's paranormal right. to us because we don't live it every day. It's normal though in the grand scheme of the universe because there it sits. You know what I mean? It's just like it's just paranormal's just our way of saying I don't know because I'm not used to it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's well defined. And and that's the thing. When I was about 13 years old, I started getting involved into the subject matter. And it wasn't actually ghosts or anything like that when I first kind of was interested. It was actually extraterrestrials, UFOs, space, aliens. Like that's really why I, I got an interest in this stuff. And it was weird because my grandmother used to talk to me about it all the time. But my sister's godparents who grew up in Nevada – they used to talk about sitting on their roofs as kids and watching the nuclear bomb being tested at Area 51 Whoa. and how it didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, I used to hear these stories all the time when Whoa. I visited them in Nevada. And then they used to talk about, uh, I think, my sister's god- godfather. His father, before he passed away, he would talk about how he helped ba- build the hangars at Area 51. Wow. So that's how I kind of got introduced to the subject matter. And then they would say, oh, you got to listen to Art Bell. So I would listen on my little boombox late at night when my parents thought I was sleeping in my room, <laughs> listening to Art Bell all night, right. and then going to school the next day. And I was that weird kid at 13 saying, you know, one day I'm going to go to Area 51. And I had one of those fold-out maps trying to figure out where it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was that kid, you know. I just – I love the thrill. I love the adventure. And I love the unknown just in general. I think you're absolutely right. Paranormal is just like another – definitive word of what is it like we don't right. uh, we can't comprehend it but what is that that i just experienced i right. don't understand how that happened or what that is but maybe there's a reason for it we just haven't figured it out yet yeah and i think that's what it's all about is just experiencing these things that are weird in this world you know we, yep. we don't have all the answers well we it's, don't and it's you know, nobody does you, you must right. you must be an insatiably curable curious person i you am. have to be <laughs> i am yeah, yeah. By the way, I went to Area 51 last year for the first time. Nice. Yeah, so cool. I, I was doing a, a radio show from Las Vegas, and my wife, I took her with me. And we were like, it's an hour and a half, two-hour drive. Let's do it. 
And my yeah. wife is like totally skeptical about everything, right? She's like the logic head <laughs> and I'm the dreamer yeah. in the couple, you know, I'm like the dreamer. I'm like, it could be possible. You know, yeah. I love the Bob Lazar story, but she right. goes, but she says to me, she goes, we get all the way out there to the little alien, uh, you know, that little cafe there at the yeah, at, town of Rachel. Yeah. And Rachel. Yeah. And we, we start to leave. Cause I thought that's all she wanted to see. And we get in the car. She goes, aren't we going to area 51? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you want to drive out there? And she's like, yeah, I do. Yeah. And um, so I was like, all right. So I go back in and I asked the sweet lady at the counter. I was like, how do we get to? And she tells me, you know, it's 10 miles to do this. So we drive out there. My wife is like, she's having a ball. She's like, you know, the NSA is watching us right now. She's oh, like, yeah. you know, they can oh, hear yeah. what we're saying. Hey, government, screw you. You know, she's, she's like, <laughs> she's having a ball. And we get out there and there's some guy literally dressed in an alien suit with his girlfriend filming a video. Oh, but it was, I didn't mean to interrupt, but it was just like that was that was such a fun experience. But you have to be an insatiably cur- curious person to do what you've done yeah. in your career for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It kind of just happened, to be honest with you. I wasn't looking to have a show or anything like that. It just happened. It really did. I mean, it was more like I was fascinated by all those stories growing up. And then, you know, I went to uh, Las Vegas because I went to college there, UNLV. I uh, graduated there and um, with a film degree. And I, I just, I don't know, for the longest time, I'm like, man, I want to see what else is out there. And uh, I took a little spring break up to Virginia City, Nevada. And I went to Tonopah and the town of Rachel and Goldfield, all those places that we're talking about. And that's how I kind of became aware of them. And then I met two other guys, and then one day I was watching um, this special they had on TV during, like, October uh, of 2004, actually. And I was I was watching the Sally House special that this news reporter team went into the house, and they, you know, they're showing this guy getting scratched on camera. I'm like, oh, my gosh, if this is the news broadcasting somebody being scratched with some unknown reason, I'm like – this is this is pretty intense. I'm like, right. I want to see if this stuff exists, if this is true. So I'm like, all right, cool. I got a camera. You know, I, I spent like all my money doing construction one, you know, spring break when I was in college. I had like no money. And I'm just like, man, I'm going to go out. I know how to push the red button on the camera. I'm going to go film everything, yeah. you know, in Nevada. Yeah. And I'm just going to see what happens. And that's why I called up two guys and I said, hey, you guys want to go look for ghosts? And they're like, what? <laughs> so that's how we started. We jumped in this little car. We drove up to all the haunted mining towns. And we just started filming everything on our little cameras on a mini DV tape back then. And I just had tons and tons of mini DV tapes of, like, driving and ridiculous stuff. And then it got to the point where we got some, like, weird stuff captured. And, and I started saying, wow, this is pretty amazing. I You know, it took me off guard, to be honest with you. And. So I started molding it into a narrative documentary, and I didn't even know how to make a documentary back then, but it turned into a story and basically got all over the news. And long story short, I got into connection with sci-fi, and then they picked it up, and it did huge on like a Friday night back in 2007. Right. And that's what jump-started it all to turn into a series. So Ghost Adventures. Um, Ghost Adventures, long run. I think the show's actually still on. Um, yeah, it's still going. Yeah. Yep. Um, in the 10 years that you were on the show and you were part of it and I know you created it, helped create it, um, what's the weirdest, craziest, scariest thing you ever saw? Uh, there was a bunch of stuff. Um, I was always like, oh, that that's the experience right there. Honestly, Linda Vista Hospital in East LA, 2009, I was in this trauma center room at this hospital and the two guys were filming me. You know, there's no big camera crews or anything like that back then when we used to do it. It was just, you know, the three of us right. inside the location the whole night. 
And then I would turn around and I saw nothing in the trauma center room. And I turned back. I'm like, all right, I'm rolling on my recorder. And I turned back around. There's a woman standing two feet in front of my face. Like a solid person. No joke. Stand there. And what stood out more than anything was the hospital, what appeared to be a hospital gown. She had like little flower patterns on her like gown. Right. And it scared me so bad. I literally jumped back and the recorder flew out of my hand. It's like the old, you know, Scooby-Doo, like right, your right. face turns white. And all Zoinks! That. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I look like. It's funny to think about and watch now because the reaction is priceless. Right. It's like ridiculous. I, I thought someone like broke in, like a homeless person or someone broke in. I turn around and there's that person standing there. It scared me to death. Wow. But that was, that was a weird experience because I've never actually physically seen like a person that shouldn't have been there. You know right, what I mean? Right, it was like right. a split moment get, in time. Did you get her on camera? So the my uh, the guy, Aaron, who was filming from the other room, it demagnetized uh, space and time, meaning it's like the camera captured me jumping back, but it froze the tape reels and then suddenly just picks up from me in the hallway. It's really strange Weird. how like, yeah, it's like going through uh, the best way to describe it is like taking your mini DV tapes back then and you take them through like a radar detector of an airport oh, yeah. and it yeah. kind of demagnetizes space yep. in it. It's weird. It's strange how it occurred. Um, so basically that's what happened. Did, 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 um, the, did your crew see it? Uh, the other two? No. So Aaron was in a separate room filming. I was in the middle spot. I, I was looking into the trauma center room. Okay. So only I could see in the trauma oh, center okay, room. Okay. Okay. The other guy was in like the corridor where the nurses, um, you know, would get all the tools ready and stuff. But what's crazy is this. It wasn't the ex- like the experience was something because I knew what I saw. I was like, all right, I knew what I saw. Like, I just want. I became obsessed with it, so I had a sketch artist draw the picture of what I saw. Right. I posted it back then on social media. It was like MySpace and stuff. And um, there was this nurse who used to work there in the '80s, and she reached out to me on the internet, and she says, "Oh my gosh, she's like, I we used to experience the same exact lady that you had that you had your experience and that you drew the picture of." And actually, the doctors and her used to talk about this lady, uh, very similar, that used to show up when the place was in operation, and they would tell her, you can't be here when they're working on patients and stuff in the surgical room, and the lady would stand there and then just disappear. Right. That that validated it for me. Wow. Wow. Yeah, That's it was fascinating. wild. That is fascinating. Right. Um, why is it some paranormal instances disappear the tape like you described, which actually, to be honest with you, if you think about it from a logical perspective – that makes sense to me. Like from a logical perspective, you wouldn't be able to capture these things on video because they're ethereal. They're um, in another they're in another dimension, theoretically. Like, I mean, if, if we're thinking about it, even from a spiritual standpoint, if it's an angel or if it's something like that, um, it's still living in another dimension. And it may, in fact, sometimes be able to cross over and touch us or communicate with us. But it seems as though in an instance like that, our modern technology, quote unquote, tape recording something that doesn't have the same physical um, elements and dimensions that we have. Like even if we can sometimes connect with the spirit world, the spirit world is not physical. So by its very nature, it shouldn't show up on tape. And yet sometimes we get it on tape and sometimes it disappears the tape. What you described to me sounds more logical really than being able to actually physically videotape the apparition that you saw. So why do you think some paranormal instances do show up on tape and some don't 
Are we talking about like on shows or just in general? On shows and well, and in general. I mean, some, I think there's a lot of BS out there. Well, I agree. I, oh, I agree. I think I, to be honest <laughs> with you, I think ninety percent of it is. I think there yeah. are there ninety percent of it is. It's, I think it's too easy to to stage. But I do believe that people like you know, you're telling me this story right now. I don't disbelieve you at all. Yeah, it's, I know it's you experience. Like, yeah, I know you experience that, right? But there have been some shows where I've watched them and I've gone. I can't explain that. I I, right. I I can't explain, and I I've been in media all my life, so I understand a little bit of the tricks of the trade. I'm like sure. I cannot uh, I cannot explain that. So I guess my curiosity is why let's let's just take the ten percent that are maybe legitimate, and yeah, why, yeah. why does why do why do half of those or a bunch of those not show up like yours did and some others do? Why is that? Right, right, right timing at the right. I this is my honest opinion. I've been doing this over well over a decade now oh my gosh i feel like i'm getting older um basically you know i've been here's a perfect example i've been researching investigating bobby mackey's music world in wilder kentucky it's very iconic for its hauntings and stuff uh bobby mackey's a great friend of mine i mean they're really nice people there and i've been going there so long i did so many investigations there but i've never full-blown seen anything that's like I mean, we've had experiences, had crazy stuff happen, captured tons of audio and so on and so forth, but not until I actually stayed there for three days on paranormal lockdown. I was living there and I was in this basement. We had static cameras running 24 hours on a DVR system for three days straight. And one morning I woke up after being down in the basement and all of our devices were triggering for some reason. It was just two of us down there um, the whole night. And... Um, while we were sleeping, we captured this, what looks like this massive ball of energy for eight minutes on camera. No joke. It started like in the back of this basement and then formed and then floated through there and then grew in size. And then it's almost like it had intelligence. Like it was tracing the other um, person who was sleeping in the sleeping bag. It was tracing the camera and then would float up because I, I mounted the camera really high so you could see the whole entire basement. And um, what was strange is it almost looked like it had um, this plasma around this ball of energy and it was it was floating. Then it moved past the camera and then all the devices in the other room that had triggering effects started lighting up and going off and stuff when I was sleeping in this weird hammock over this well. Um, so to me, it's like I've never seen anything like that. And I've been there dozens of times. Yeah, and it's just, it, right. is it the right place at the right time? Now, what I started thinking about is is this energetic form that we just captured on camera? And I don't even know if it's, I don't even know. We started thinking about, is it the frame rates from the security camera? Is it different from, I mean, it's high definition. It's 1080 that we were filming in. It was capturing through the DVR so we could play it back and see right. the whole raw footage. Right. So I start breaking down like that, the, the technology of like, all right, what is the spectrum in this? How is that possible that we captured this right now? Or maybe I had another camera next to it and it didn't capture it. Like, I, I really don't know why some stuff shows up and some stuff doesn't sometimes, to be honest with you. It's like a lot of it's over my head. Like, I'm not, you know, when we get into technology and stuff, I'm not an engineer. You right. know, I don't claim to be an engineer. I don't I haven't studied enough, but I, I know what is and what isn't. Um, and I just think that, honestly, it's it's just how the environment works and how it illuminates to certain equipment or reacts to certain things. And I think. It's simple as the right place at the right time. It's a needle in the haystack. Um, I think it's like a 2%, 3% chance of wow. catching something like personally phenomena that you just can't define. And that right there was was a pivotal for me personally because 
I've been searching out what exactly is haunting Bobby Mackey's because there's so many, there's so much legends and folklore with that place. Right. But we started to find the real facts and I can't go in there and be like, Oh, this is, um, this is Johanna who passed away from, you know, whatever the era was. And that's who we're, you know, communicating with or whatever, you know, it's all hearsay when you get into the paranormal, it's all shared experiences. But I can say that we captured something not ordinary not some sort of bug or water vapor or whatever you want to try to claim it is and try to break it down scientifically. I mean, you could get into like, um, you know, stuff like lightning balls of energy, you know, like those balls of lightning energy that move across train tracks or whatever. Right. Um, but I really think that it was something what we claim as paranormal because I still can't figure it out. And then I started saying, okay, is this where we, we're capturing all our voices from is it coming from this energetic form does it have intelligence does right. it have can it manifest is that what people are having experiences with when they see shadow figures or they see manifestation of like entities or whatever you want to claim it is you know is that what this is right so it was really interesting to me um i think that's the reason you know to answer what you asked yeah yeah that's that's fascinating so um i gotta know since you started out looking at ufos um, what do you think of the recent revelations by the Pentagon that they've uh, literally got off-world vehicles? I love that term. That's such a fun term, you know. Instead of just saying <laughs> "yeah, space aliens," they they go, "Well, we have some off-world vehicles. We have no idea how they were made. They have material yeah. from off-world vehicles." I love that admission. And then we have the videos, the um, East Coast and West Coast videos. We have Commander Fravor coming forward talking about his experience. A lot of this validating what Bob Lazar said uh, all yep. these years later. What do you think about this situation? Yeah, I think it's real. I mean, you got to think that they were creating the stealth bomber at Area 51 and they like well before the 80s, right? Right. So you got to think technology is 50, 60 years prior to us kind of like gaining knowledge of it in a weird way. So I don't think everything is like what we make it out to believe like everything is extraterrestrial and UFOs and, you know, aliens or whatever whittling away down there on, in the underground labyrinths of tunnels. <laughs> right. I think, I think there's some logic to it, but I also believe that there is other life form out there in different universes, planets that have well advanced technology and higher intelligence than us. We're a young species, to be honest. We're right. a small planet. Um, we're slowly evolving, but unfortunately us humans like to have hierarchy and more in power and blah, blah, blah. So it's just kind of like if I was alien, I wouldn't want to come down here, be friendly with us. Most people just want to like gain their knowledge and power and then power over them, you know? So right. it's kind of sad if you think about it. But I think that there is, um, I, I don't know. I look at two different ways, right? So I look at possibly it's us in the future creating these drone-like vehicles in a weird way. I've had that and they're, thought. <laughs> they're, they're, they're time traveling back and they're bleeping into our universe and people are experiencing those things until they leave again. Right. So are they robotically um, engineered where we are operating them in the future and kind of, you know, going through wormholes in space and time and stuff like that? I think that's a real thing. Yeah. Um, or, or yeah, I mean, I believe that there was extraterrestrials here from another space, you know, different life form that have been coming here and looking for resources and checking us out. Um, I think that's real, too. I think, you know, it's not new information. I think that we're just... It's just interesting timing how they're releasing it yeah. during the height of everything. Right, it's kind of right. like covering up and be like, well, oh, yeah, this is way. happening, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by the like, way, what? the space aliens, yeah, those are real. Yeah. 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 I, I actually think I'm, I'm fascinated by the theory that it's us from the future and that 
uh, especially given the weird things that are going on right now. Like we're about to do something we shouldn't do, and they're coming back, you know, like hey, you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, but well, I don't know. I, of- I guess they can't contact us because that you, you when you really dive into like physics and the theory of time and space, um, it's it's a very you can see how the the fabric of the universe could literally fall apart if we like if I were to go back and meet my grandfather, right? Like what would happen right. if you went back and you you killed your great great grandfather? Then what would happen to you, <laughs> right? Like you, you couldn't yeah. ha- you you couldn't happen. You know, so there's all these like sort of weird paradoxes associated with contacting yourself or even previous generations of humans prior, you know, that's it's weird. It's it, it's a mind bender. Well, yeah, that's why they have to dumb it down for humans and make movies like Back to the Future and right, stuff. Right, right. Say, hey, this could happen. Biff. Be warned. Be warned. You know, I like. I love the film. It's right. an awesome film, but right. it's like, come on, it's like simplest notion of what will happen. It's a ripple effect. Yeah, that's it's so the awesome. butterfly effect. You know, <laughs> yep. things trans transcend. Trans, you know, things like that transform. I I don't know. I'm a big believer in time. I really time is a is an interesting concept because human beings create time, right? Like really time doesn't exist in space and whatever, but like we create it. Right. So it's like, we're born in this world. We go through life and then we die. And it's like, even our conversation right now, every time, every second that we're speaking, we're actually passing away. It's weird. Right. 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 But for some people it's a negative. I find it a positive because we're evolving. We're conversing and, Really, that's what it's about. I mean, that's kind of what I'm doing. So I have this new series coming out called Death Walker. Okay. And that's what I've been doing in this new series. I'm just trying to create conversations and open up the like the other outside of the realm of what we can't comprehend. And it's more about creating confirm, confirm, um, conversations and trying to you know, dive a little bit deeper into what are these things. For instance, in one of the episodes coming up, um, we're releasing at Halloween Day, the whole series. And and basically, I go to locations and I compare two locations together to see if there's evidence that is um, validating one to the other. And we're in solitary confinement in this prison. And I'm communicating with this device called the Geoport. It's um, this audio device that was created uh, by George Brown. And it's based on a concept I had, uh, kind of like Telephone of the Dead in a weird way. Mm. But it's it's intelligent voices that come through. And I'm asking questions and I'm hearing these voices coming through and I started to think to myself, what happens if what we're dealing with, some of the stuff that we're dealing with, right? When we, when we say, Oh, that's a ghost or that's somebody who died here, or that's the fact of this person. But what happens if that's not the case? What is time doesn't exist and we are here in reality in our time right now. And I'm communicating with somebody who's in their time right now in the mm. 1800s. Whoa, whoa. That jail cell, right? Holding back on itself. Yeah. Think about <laughs> it. Because that to me is like I can comprehend that, right? So if, if you think about it a little deeper, this person, this individual in solitary, right? They've been stuck down there. All their senses, their human senses become vulnerable. So if they're in dark, they're starved of water and food and they're there, they can start hearing us. Like I'm communicating with my vocal cords and my words and stuff and, and their senses kick on and they can like, they're hearing us in their mind or they're hearing us in that, that scope of that little four corner block room in the darkness. But yet they're speaking out loud. And to us, if we were like a guard or someone, oh, that person just talking to themselves again, they're going crazy or they're schizophrenic or whatever. 
you know, because we can't comprehend what they're feeling and going through. But what happens if they're actually hearing us yeah. and then he's communicating back and sound travels, sound doesn't die, right? It keeps right. going. Right. And what happens if the device and technology we have now is picking up on that and manipulating the words so we can hear through the phonetics of what he's actually conversing back to us? That's fascinating. That's an interesting thought. I think thought. time bends. Well, see, but that's an interesting thought because you do hear like uh, Gettysburg, for instance. Uh, people see the soldiers there. Um, my wife is from close to Perryville, Kentucky, um, which is, um, you know, our mutual friend Lee Kirkland who introduced us Um from CryptidCon, um, he talks about how you can you can see these apparitions. They're wearing their uniforms. They're you would think they were in their time, and it's almost like when you see stories like this, it actually kind of makes it. What if you're what if you're just seeing echoes of the past? What if right. it's not so much that it's an actual spirit in that sense, but rather when you have these big events, these big moments that sort of there, there's an there's a an imprint on the fabric of time, right? And then it echoes later on, which would explain why you would see battlefields full of soldiers moving, you know, sort of apparitions of things like that, almost as if they're going about their daily lives in their own time. That's why maybe they don't see you, or maybe they do see you, and maybe they do communicate because there's like it's like a we're having a deja vu. Maybe maybe it's that. Maybe it's that time bending. Ugh, now you're hurting my brain, Nick. <laughs> that's it we're that's jumping down the rabbit hole i love it but this is this is what it's about and that's what we do yeah. with the new series death walker we kind of go into all these conversations you know i talked to somebody who's a complete skeptic who's like straight to my face i don't believe in ghosts i said cool but he says but i believe in time and bending and the bending of time because yeah. what i experienced was this solid shadow figure move from my kitchen over there move to that room over there and i know what i saw and I was like, well, that's interesting, right? Because then that's a conversation. Right. And what I've learned through my journey is everybody has some sort of story to tell. Yeah. That's the fascinating part. It doesn't matter if you believe, don't believe, whatever your experience is. Everyone has some sort of story to talk about right. when you really start engaging that conversation. Yeah. So it's it's fascinating to me. And I think that's what it is to be human. It's to be um, not only to like love life and go through your emotions and stuff and do what you want to fulfill in life, but it's also to experience. Life is meant to experience, so you can transcend and move on to that that other place, wherever your beliefs are, your ideas, and so on. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've definitely bent the minds of our listeners today, and I love it. I love it. That's fascinating. So, where can folks catch your new series? Yeah, so it's gonna. We're releasing it in the United States. We have an international sales distributor. It's going worldwide. Okay. Um, so we're announcing the worldwide um, channels and networks and all that stuff coming up really soon. Okay. But right now, uh, exclusively, you'll be able to see Death Walker on Vidispace, V-I-D-I dot space. And the whole series will be up there Halloween Day in America. And okay. then we're going to be making a big announcement on like major platforms and really big places coming up here soon. Um, we also have this massive live event we're doing for three days at the house that inspired the conjuring film. Yes. So we it actually just turned into a real investigation because I got I brought my good friend Bob the Bone Finder out to do some ground penetrating radar on the property because there's so much mystery behind this location. Uh, so we have a three day live event that's going to be uh, streamed across the world uh, coming out on uh, October 29th through November 1st. Okay. And October 30th. You'll see me live investigating this house with a bunch of um, uh, great people who are coming in and 
Uh, we had some anomaly hits on the ground penetrating radar to look for bodies, oh, which cool. got really weird. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> so on the property. Fascinating. Interesting. So what I want, I want you to do is give your uh, Twitter and your social media so that people can follow you and then they can get those announcements at, as times and places and stuff so that they can see these events. Yep. Yep. I'm on Instagram a lot. I try to answer all my, my own social media. So at Nick Roth underscore, it's the one with the little blue check mark next to it. Got it. I'm going to follow you right now. Awesome, uh, man. Cool. Well, dude, it was great talking to you. I really enjoyed this. Let's have you on again. Um, yeah, because thank you I, so much. I, I want to, I love these sort of mind bending conversations and, um, you know, everybody's got a worldview, but it, it's fascinating when we talk to each other who have different experiences and stuff like that. I, I, I love that kind of stuff. Like you said, conversations. I think we need more of that in our society, just sitting down and talking about our, our experiences in life. So thanks for your time, man. I really appreciate it. It was a blast. Yeah, thank you. No, I like to say just be open-minded to everything. And, you know, that's kind of what I am. And I love talking to different people of all walks of life to create conversations so I can learn. Yeah. Because I don't know everything. I want to evolve and grow and learn and get a little bit smarter. So it's always a pleasure talking to people that, you know, have uh, great information to, to share. Awesome. Well, great. We'll have you on again. Nick, thanks so much for your time, man. Best of luck in all your ventures. We'll be watching, okay? All right. Take care. Thank right. you so ha- much. Yeah, have a good one. Wow, that that was a fascinating episode. Uh, again, I have a worldview that's obviously different than his, but it's still interesting to have those conversations, man. And, and that last part, the, the the idea that maybe what people are seeing aren't ghosts, but rather echoes of the past, time bending around on ourselves. You get into physics, and that kind of stuff becomes possible. It's like wow. So interesting stuff. Anyway, thanks for listening. Um, I want to thank our sponsor, um, who is so fantastic for uh, for being a part of the program. It's Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. And those of you who know me know that I have loved these guys for a long time. They did our kitchen when we lived in Louisville. And I honestly believe that they are the reason, at least a huge part of the reason, that our house, when we sold it to move to Colorado, sold in about 12 hours. Um, because they took our kitchen, which was meh, and turned it into, wow, your house is beautiful. And that that made all the difference in the world. Uh, it's why I believe in them. And I also, I've known Tim for a long time. Uh, he was a huge sponsor of my show. And we got to know each other as friends. And I just think he's a guy that has a work ethic that is unparalleled and uh, demands that of his own crews. And that's what you see when you get them in your home. And uh, that means a lot to me because I'm a big fan of work ethic, as you know. They're out at 6200 Hit Lane in Louisville. And uh, you can go to LouisvilleCabinetsAndCounterTops.com and see some of their work. Um, but I I totally appreciate them. And uh, if you're thinking about making a move on your kitchen and turning your house into your dream home, that kitchen can make a world of difference. And so I want you to call Tim Montgomery over at Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. You're in southern Indiana, Louisville, or Odom County. Um, they are the ones for you. So it's LouisvilleCabinetsandCountertops.com. Thanks to my executive producer and co-host, Cameron Mills. And uh, also you can follow us on Twitter at Leland Show uh, and at Zone Disruption. At, and uh, on Instagram, it's at The Disruption Zone and at Great Lelando. Big thanks to Dynamics Productions for their help with the program as well. And uh, you can download us for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, 
and the iHeartRadio app. And of course, as always, the DisruptionZone.com. And I want to welcome a brand new partner to the Disruption Zone, WGTK 970, The Answer in Louisville. You can hear my daily commentaries, disruptions, uh, at 7.30 in the morning, uh, 12.30 in the, uh, at noon, 12.30, and at 6.30 p.m. and 9.30 p.m. every day, Monday through Friday. And you will hear select episodes of the Disruption Zone on Saturdays at 1 and Sundays at 11 on WGTK 970, The Answer. Thanks for listening. I'm Leland Conway, The Disruption Zone.